Hour on this Wednesday, headed into week nine. The Jags and the Houston Texans coming up at TIAA Bank Field this week. The game presented by CSX. Today's show presented by the Fields Auto Group, as we are each and every Wednesday. JP Shadrick with you, and we've got a show today. Plenty ahead. Bucky Brooks, John Osher will join us on the program as usual on Wednesday. A Texans Jaguars preview. How will this look similar or different to the week five matchup? A scout's view of Jake Luton. The rookie will make the start at quarterback for the Jags this week. We'll get Bucky's take on that. The defense facing Deshaun Watson. The defense has had some struggles, certainly. The uniform unveiling. Jimmy Luck will join us in about 15 minutes to unveil what the Jags will wear this week. It is Salute to Service Sunday at TIAA Bankfield, and we'll play big game Jaguars we always do on this Wednesday show. We'll pick our big Jaguars to stand out in Sunday's game against the Houston Texans. We welcome in Bucky Brooks and John Osier. Now, Bucky, what's up out in L.A. these days? Man, everything is good. Just waiting to get back on track. Had the week off, refreshed, get my mind right, ready to see some Jags wins. That's, that's, that's it. Did, uh, so you had a week off. John, how was your week off? Well, I hope Bucky's got his mind right because I'm ready for him today. But it, it's, uh, <laughs> he better be right, Shatter. Um, I pressure washed, JP. That's where I'm at. I'm 54, <laughs> and I spent my bye week pressure washing the house. So I'm limping, oh, I'm bent over, but I'm ready. <laughs> wow. Um, don't hurt yourself, John, with that. Uh, let's get right into it. The big news of the week, of course, Gardner Minshew will not play in this game, a thumb injury. So it's Jake Luton, the sixth-round rookie out of Oregon State, who will make the start. His first NFL appearance this week for the Jaguars against the Houston Texans. He had a career in college where he moved around a good bit, started at Idaho, Went to a junior college for a year, went to Oregon State, had some injury issues there, got a six-year of eligibility, and really made that stand out last year at Oregon State. 28 touchdowns, three interceptions. And guys, we're going to get right into the scouts' view this week with Bucky Brooks. What are some of the strengths of Jake Luton? What did you see in the pre-draft process from the Jaguars quarterback? Well, he's a really interesting prospect uh, when he was coming out of Oregon State. You talked about the senior season. He was spectacular, uh, very efficient, uh, quick rhythm passer, has a strong arm, but he's more of a your traditional player from the pocket, not necessarily a move-around guy. He wants to throw from uh, the pocket like a statue, and he can make all of those throws. Really impressed with him when he had a chance to watch him at the NFL PA game. I was on the call that game, had a chance to watch him all practice, and coaches really raved about his intelligence his ability to quickly grasp the playbook and to go and execute it on the field. So I'm hopefully or cautiously optimistic that he is going to be able to perform and perform pretty well as a temporary starter for the Jaguars. Yeah, this is one, John, where he's going to be thrown in the fire here pretty quickly against the, uh, the Texans. A little different when the lights come on. Yeah, and you know, Bucky said temporary. If he plays well, I'm not sure how temporary it is for this season at least, but um, I'm curious to sort of bounce this off Bucky because uh, Jay Gruden, the offensive coordinator, said something a few minutes ago or earlier today. He was asked why uh, Luton wasn't drafted. And he said, well, the mobility thing, because he's not a mobile guy. Five years ago, teams were looking for pocket guy. Now 
more and more teams are looking for escape the pocket guy and mobility guy. And he thought that was maybe why Luton got overlooked. To play that way now, you have to have quick feet in the pocket. You have to be able to make guys miss a little bit. Was there anything to that, Bucky? Had this been 10 years ago when pocket passers were everything, could he have been seen a little differently? Yeah, I mean, I think he would have been seen a, a lot differently. I think uh, if you look at Mike Lennon and when Mike Lennon came out, it was some of that conversation, traditional pocket passer. Uh, but when you play with a traditional pocket passer, you have to have a, a, a A-plus offensive line to be able to do it against the pass rushes that we're seeing. And so for Jake Luton to be able to be successful, his processing speed has to be at a high level. He has to be able to get the ball out of his hands and the receivers have to uncover it quickly. So you need all the pieces around you right when you don't have the ability to extend plays or to elude or evade pressure in the pocket. John, they, they seem confident just hearing Gruden talk about it and hearing Luton discuss a little earlier that, that he has the playbook and all of that down fine. The question will be, you know, going onto the field and doing it during live game action. And even Doug Marone talked about that this week. They, a lot, that's just the real great unknown about this week is how does he actually play when it's real? Yeah, you know, rolling the dice, baby. Let's go. I mean, it's, it, uh, you don't know. We all saw it in training camp, and I've said this many times since he was named the starter. There were days during training camp where if you had walked out and knew nothing about the Jaguars situation and just said, show me who the starting quarterback is, you would have pointed at Luton. He looked better. He looked more prototypical, made better throws than anybody else in the field. That's all great, but now you've got J.J. Watt and Merciless chasing you. And as everybody on the Jaguars has said when asked about it today, that's a different game. So he looks the part. When the lights come on, can he play the part? Who knows? We'll find out Sunday. We'll find out. Uh, Gardner Minshew with the thumb injury on his throwing hand. And apparently it had uh, been, he'd been holding on to it for a couple of weeks and had not told anybody about it, but they found out during the bye week. And now he is not available for the Jags. Not an ideal situation there, Bucky. You know, the guy's trying to gut through it and play, but uh, on the other side of things, you know, that might have hurt the football team in some instance, too. Oh, I'm sure it hurt the football team because he couldn't perform. But understand it from Garner Minshew's standpoint. Garner Minshew knows that if you give someone an opportunity to play in your spot, if that guy performs, you may not get it back. And coming from where he came from as a late-round pick, being given an opportunity to start, he was going to do everything in his power to retain that starting position. So that's why he probably didn't let the staff know about his thumb injury. That's why he tried to gut, gut it out. But now he is on the sideline, and we do get an opportunity to see another quarterback with this offense. I think the biggest thing that I want to see is how does Jay Gruden change the way that he called plays with Jake Luton in the huddle as opposed to Garner Minshew? Does he lean into the running game and play a little more conservatively based on the rookie quarterback being the starter? Or does he just continue to keep calling plays and hope that it works out? Yeah, John, I'm kind of, uh, John, I think you and I maybe discussed this a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Throw with it. you. Air it out, Get baby. Get that window. Let's see it. That's why you put him in there, <laughs> I mean, right? And I think you have to, two thoughts there. First of all, the whole thing with, uh, you know, 
not telling the coaching staff, I'm sure Bucky would agree with this. There's a nobility in getting it out in the NFL and in football. It's, it, it's a man's game, so I knew nothing about it. But that's what it is. But that nobility has to take place with the team trying to get you on the field. You can't hide it. So I think everybody would say that that was the wrong way to handle it. Hopefully, lesson learned for the locker room. I don't think you're going to see them get conservative. To me, they have been waiting because of Minshew not being able to throw the ball downfield, either because of his arm or his thumb. They've been waiting. They've got to take the gloves off a little bit in this offense. They've got to open up things for James Robinson. They won't be silly about it, but I don't think you're going to see a conservative game plan. Let's see what the kid can do. Let's see what this offense can do once somebody can throw the ball 25 25 yards downfield on a line. Well, I, I think it's one of those two. If if that all is happening and all hell breaks loose and it's not going well or not going well at all, then Glennon will be at the ready. You know, I, I think that was one oh, of the, one the comments six, that Doug Marone had. That well, anyway, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but hey, just in case, Glennon is ready to go uh, and step in if needed. So, putting ahead on this topic, John wants to air it out. Bucky wants to hand it off. We'll straighten that out in just a little bit. Let's come back in a moment. Uh, we'll get the uniform unveiling. We'll see what Jake Luton will wear on Sunday in his NFL debut against the Houston Texans. And Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine. Members of the Fields Auto Group, we are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. The best thing about working at Fair and Farrah is all of the employees. We all work together. It's extremely enjoyable to come to work every day. There's a, a common cause or goal. No matter what your job is, we're all there for the client. We are dedicated to our clients 100%. We do everything it takes to maximize the value of their claims. Fair and Farrah is really the Farrah family. When they choose us, they choose a family to fight for them and to protect them and to make sure that they're in a good place and that they have somebody on their side. Farrah and Farrah, here for you, here for good. Jacksonville. Slot right, move 42, hot, hot. A great quarterback is a true leader with a work ethic that never wavers and a desire to win that is second to none. We know a truck like that. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling truck 43 years straight. With impressive towing and payload, Ford F-150 makes tough jobs look easy. Visit your local Ford dealer for great offers on F-150, official truck of the NFL. Based on 1977 to 2019 calendar year total sales. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. The Jags and the Texans coming up this Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. And we welcome in from TIAA Bank Field, head equipment manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jimmy Luck joining us. He always joins us on Wednesdays. Jimmy, what's going on with you? How was your bye week? It was good. I was uh, 
I was going to pressure wash, but uh, I was, somebody I was going to borrow the pressure washer from kind of disappeared on me. Um, I don't know if you know who that is, JP, but, um, you know, <laughs> you were know. busy. You had a, a game to call on Saturday. I did, but, you know, I, you know, it's a two-way street on the phone. That's okay. We can discuss this another time, Jimmy. That's okay. Much um, needed bye week, certainly, for the team. How about your staff, too? You guys have been grinding it out all year in the COVID environment and everything going on here. Uh, to give the guys a little bit of a rest is probably a good thing for your group. Yeah, it was good. We got to uh, split it up a little bit. Everybody got um, about three three days off, three solid days, and uh, pretty much a couple half days. So it was good to get a few things done, feel like a normal person, sit around and watch some football on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, it was good. Much needed. All right, so back home this week, the Jags have the Texans. It is salute to service week. Does that change anything, and and what can guys expect this week uh, with salute to service here at TIA Bank Field? Um, we'll have a, a few of the the things out. The hat I've got on, the salute service hat. Um, Bucky's got the sweatshirt on. Um, so I don't know, maybe a tiny bit warm for that, but we'll have them out. Some guys will have that on. We'll have uh, some camouflage headbands. A uh, few little things like that, uh, some pins, you know, the coaches will wear a pin or the hat or whatever. So uh, we'll have that out in the camouflage uh, captain's patches that'll be on the, the jerseys. Bucky, how's that sweatshirt? Hey, JP. Yeah. I love sweatshirt, JP. It's, I mean, it's, it's nice. I there think you go. It's nice right there. We get a chance to represent the military. They do so much for the country. And so for us to be able to represent the National Football League, I think it's a great honor. What's up, John? But I think that's like five weeks in a row for that sweatshirt with Bucky. I mean, <laughs> no, 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 can I Jimmy not stop worrying week. about the I pressure washer and get the man a sweatshirt? <laughs> hey, I got it to him a long mean, time ago. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just fighting for my guy, Bucky. Well, I'm usually all about me. sounds like there's... Bucky. <laughs> I like that. You're you're a people person, John. You help out all everybody around really you. That's what you do. You're a I'm giver. A giver. You're a giver, people. John. You're a man of the people, a giver, all of that. So, um, all right, let's get to it. The Jags are back home. It's a division rival. What, Jimmy, will the Jaguars wear this week at TIAA Bank Field? Uh, we are going to go with teal jerseys. Mm. So. Mm. We got that, and then we will pair that with the black pants. Ooh. Yeah, we got. Here we go. Deal in the black there. Might be a little, there, might be a little muddy me. out there, so that'd be a good combination for me. So after the game, the uh, it'd be a little <laughs> bit easier to get clean. <laughs> That's right, because there is some rain in the forecast, and it's the day after the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. On Ooh. the same field, so conditions could be interesting. Um, yes, so a little muddy, yeah, muddy track maybe on on Sunday. I hope here. not, I mean, but that, that you know we'll be ready probably. for it if it is. But it it could be, yeah. Then you have to change cleats and do all that stuff. Yeah, we'll have uh, you know like screw ins ready if anybody needs them. Um, you know there is a decent chance of rain on Saturday and Sunday, but we'll have uh, everybody's got their cleats ready, and uh, we'll just have them ready if they need them. 
Very good. That is a mean-looking uniform combination, I must say. Teal over black this week. Jimmy, have a good one. We'll talk about the presser washer a little bit later. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Appreciate it. <laughs> Jimmy Luck, send him out of here. Head equipment manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Back in a moment, a little defensive talk, but plenty more ahead on this quarterback change. Jake Luton now the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Committed to the team, committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity jaguars happy hour is presented in part by tiaa bank created to serve built to perform Publix, where shopping is a pleasure and baptist health changing health care for good Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on Wednesday. J.P. Shadrick with Bucky Brooks and John Osier. The Jags and the Texans coming up in week number nine. The Jags have dropped six consecutive games. We'll get back to the quarterback talk in, in just a little bit. Let's touch on this defense in the midst of this six-game skit, of course. 30-point games allowed each time out. This week, though, Miles Jack should be back. Jared Wilson should be back. Those are two notable names that could be back in the fold this week for this Jaguars defense. But, uh, Bucky, how do they get things going a little bit better defensively to stop this 30-point skid at least? Yeah, no, it's tough because they haven't been able to consistently rush the passer. They haven't been able to cover up guys on the perimeter. And so it's just one of those things where now that you get your guys back, you like to think that Josh Allen is going to make an impact. Miles Jack is going to make an impact. And if we can get better coverage in the back end with C.J. Henderson and others, then I think Ty Wash is finally able to call a defense without his hands tied behind his back. But it's really on this group of players to play better and to find a way to generate consistent disruption. And so whether that is against the run or the pass, they have to find a way to back teams up, get them off schedule, and have them throwing in favorable downs for the defense, 
We just haven't been able to do that consistently, which is why teams have been going up and down the field. John, I feel like we've heard this before. I have a question for the scout, JP. Yes. So, some of you said piqued my interest, Bucky. All I do is write about Todd Walsh. I'm asked questions. People want him fired. He knows this. It's a constant topic and has been. I made the point. One guy in the last game who had been on the roster last year started. Tell me when you watch film about how Todd is handcuffed, because I know you've written it a couple of times. That's kind of what I'm getting at. There's not that much more that he can do in terms of calling things to help this defense. Just talk about that a little more, if you will, because it's a huge topic here. Yeah, and I understand the frustration with fans because you want the defense to play better. So naturally, you think it all falls on the defensive coordinator. He should call something. Maybe they should blitz more or whatever. But when you really look at the personnel, he isn't afforded the opportunity to really come after people because early in the year when he wanted to blitz, they couldn't get guys covered up. So then you're seeing big plays happen. Then when he wants to sit back in zone, they never can get a a pass rush. So quarterbacks are having three and four seconds to eventually find an open window. And you're seeing these big plays happen. With better personnel, he will be able to selectively take some chances. I think the best game that he may have played was against Tennessee when we saw Miles Jack have an impact on the game as a blitzer coming off the edge or whatever. But he got hurt shortly thereafter, and they haven't been able to use that part of the package. So a lot of it is players over plays. You're really beholden to the players that you have at your disposal to really dial up the plays that you want. Now that he appears to have the full gamut, I think we'll see a little more out of the defense. But now it's time for them to play. And now ultimately it will be on the players making plays when he calls their number. Well, of course, one of the players they're up against this week is Deshaun Watson. We saw what uh, can happen and has happened in the past when you face a Deshaun Watson-led offense. His, his mobility can hurt you, and uh, he, can, he can push the ball down the field, too. You know, it, how's his season been so far for you, Bucky? Deshaun Watson. It's been, it, it's been up and down. I mean, it's been not to the level that we thought. Like, many of us expected him to play at a top-five level. He certainly hasn't played at that. Some of that has been with the constant turmoil and change that they had, Bill O'Brien being fired, trying to figure out with a new offensive coordinator how it fits in, uh, what they want to do with new weapons on the outside around him. But then a lot of it also falls on him. He has not performed really, really well. He has not been a consistent playmaker to the standard that we've grown accustomed to seeing him. And so he has to continue to work on his game. He has been fine, but he hasn't been great. Um, you expect more from a young player that has shown flashes of being a very, very elite performer at the position. John, we'll hear from Todd Wash tomorrow, and I'm sure the question will be asked, how do you get pressure, but not too much and keep him, you got to keep him in the pocket, can't let him run around. That, that seems to be a theme every time the Jags play the Texans. Yeah, it is. They got tremendous pressure last year on Watson in London, if you recall. When you looked at the stat sheet, it looked awful for the Jaguars' defense because he escaped it multiple times. He used his strength. He used that escapability we've seen. And I think they wound up with one sack. And if memory serves, it could have been six or seven. They were on him. They had him. He would break tackles. That's what the man does. You know, the question on him, and the question always, there are always whispers. 
how good was he without DeAndre Hopkins? Because he depended on that in terms of a bailout. I don't know how much it has to do with, but with DeAndre gone this year, Deshaun hasn't had the same impact as he had in the past. You know, if, if he's going to be a franchise quarterback in this league, he's got to raise the level of game of other players without, uh, without DeAndre Hopkins. But for the Jaguars, you have to contain while tackling. They haven't had a problem pressuring Watson. They've had a problem tackling Watson. And yes, that is a problem, certainly, if he's getting out and running around and doing all that stuff. You know, it's interesting in Houston, I talked to Cecil Shorts III today. He's a radio contributor down in Houston, a former Jaguar receiver and um, you know, former Texans receiver as well. Good guy. We'll have him on the pregame show Sunday. But you know, there's all that talk about the trade possibilities before the deadline down in Houston. You know, J.J. Watt was on the block, allegedly. and uh, Will Fuller on the outside and all that. But he made it seem to think that there's still a feel they have these good players on the roster and that they're closer to winning games than a lot of people outside, I think, would expect. Would you agree with that, uh, Bucky? And, and part of the reasoning why they maybe didn't give up those guys so soon? Yeah, I mean, they've been in some close games, and I think you're trying to figure it out. And also, when you have so much change going on, you don't want to, I guess, bankrupt the team before uh, you have a new general manager come in and assess what they have. And I think also, when you have a franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who you've committed to, you have to be careful about having a fire sale where you give up all the weapons and you force him to play with nothing. Uh, I think you still want him to play at a high level. You still want him to take steps to get to the next level. We talked about going from good to great. And so you have to have enough weapons around him. And they've been in enough games where they should feel like they are a competitive team. They just haven't strung it together. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out going down the stretch. And you start giving up weapons now, you might not get them back for a little while because they don't have draft picks next year. So you got to keep the guys on the roster that are good football players, at least for right now. Let's come back in a moment. We'll delve back into this quarterback situation for the Jaguars. Jake Luton getting the start. We'll touch on the AFC South and we'll pick our big game Jaguar as we come down the stretch. This season, the Jags have launched Predictive Gaming exclusively in the official Jaguars mobile app. Choose a bingo card, pick your, pick your favorite three players, and place wagers and you can win prizes. Check the games out on the mobile app and do it right now. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. You won't find a better deal to keep your ride clean than Scrubble's Flexible Service Car Wash. Start in the tunnel wash and experience state-of-the-art equipment while enjoying a soapy light show. Our quality soaps and solutions keep your vehicle streak-free. Every three-minute car wash package comes with self-serve vacuuming, lint-free towels, window cleaner, and a free air freshener. Visit us at the St. John's Town Center, Fleming Island, and Atlantic Beach. And coming soon to Kernan and Atlantic. 
trust the bow tie. You'll know quality once you arrive. Go Jags! Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to without notice equal housing opportunity jaguars happy hour is presented in part by dream finders homes homes that fit your lifestyle next grill everyone's invited and adeco visit adecousa.com Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. Look for Jags at home this week again. An interactive second screen experience on game days featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit uh, jaguars.com slash jagsathome or jagsathome.com for more information. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Osier. Jaguars happy hour rolls along. Jake Luton is a starting quarterback. Uh, John, this is, you know, not having an offseason program. So we didn't get to see him at all on the field. Uh, they didn't get to see him at all on the field this summer until training camp. And then not having any preseason games to go play and, and at least get some reps in and, and some semblance of this offense. This is a monumental task, I think, this week, John, for, for Jake Luton. Well, what's interesting to me, and it's interesting to me because I'm a reporter, so I'm on these calls, his, his press conference today, his weekly media availability, was sort of a get-to-know-you press conference. It, it was the first time anybody had really talked to him since a, a, a three-minute Zoom call after he was drafted. That's how new this guy is. Most Jaguars fans had never heard him talk. You know, and translating that to what you're asking, JP, zero, you know, OTAs. He hadn't called a play since training camp. You know, it's not incredibly unusual except for the preseason part. He would have arguably gotten two and a half full games in the preseason, the way they play preseason now. So, yeah, it's a huge leap of faith, I guess. But you're also one in six. I mean, What's the harm in seeing what this guy can do, Bucky? Yeah, no, you want to give him an opportunity to play. Um, rather than going to Mike Lennon, which you know pretty much what his ceiling is and what he brings as a quarterback, you want to go with a young fella and see if maybe you've uncovered a hidden gem. He plays well. Maybe he outperforms Garner Minshew as you're beginning to make decisions about the quarterback position heading into next season. It gives you an opportunity to say, okay, here's where we're at. This is what we like. This is how we plan to proceed. So it makes sense for them to give him an opportunity to play. And Garner Minshew wasn't playing great. It, it was kind of a natural segue to give them, give the Jaguars an opportunity to get someone else on the field to see if they could jumpstart this offense. Because in actuality, this offense should be the strength of the team based on the personnel that they have on the perimeter. All right, so Jake Luton's getting the start this week for the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Houston Texans. Let's look at the AFC South entering week nine. And 
At the top of the division, a couple of teams, the Titans and the Colts, both five and two. Houston and Jacksonville, one and six. The, of course, the Texans and the Jaguars this week, both one and six teams playing each other. The Ravens and the Colts, this should be an interesting ball game. The Ravens at five and two, Bucky, and, and you know what, they, uh, they're, <laughs> they're a fantastic football team. I'm curious how fantastic they are compared to the elite teams of the AFC, though. Yeah, it's tough because there's been a, a formula put out on how to slow the Baltimore Ravens down in certain games. And we've seen teams start to use more zone defense against Lamar Jackson. Now, that said, the Pittsburgh Steelers gave up 268 yards to the Baltimore Ravens, so they didn't necessarily slow down the running game. It was Lamar Jackson's turnovers. It'll be interesting if you're watching this game the Indianapolis Colts use zone on about 66% of their plays. Lamar Jackson has turned the ball over facing zone defenses, has been sacked more playing zone. Who solves the riddle first? Is Mar Lamar Jackson able to handle their zone defense and find success? Or do the Indianapolis Colts continue to use a game plan that is seem that is seemingly giving him problems? A big game for the Colts, John, obviously, to, to try to get there and uh, stay at the top of this division. Well, it's an interesting game for both teams because if, if you take last year out of the equation, the Ravens right now are a team that beats the daylights out of teams that they're better than and really struggles against teams that are as good as they are. That's a concern for a team that hasn't fared well in the postseason and that, as Bucky said, there's starting to be a book on Lamar Jackson. Colts are sort of the same dynamic. They're 5-2, and two, but if you, if, if you read about them and, and I and some friends of mine still cover that team, so I, I read their stuff on occasion. There's still not a huge belief among people around the Colts, meaning people outside the Colts observers, that they're elite, that they're really that good. So whoever wins this goes to 6-2 and two and can walk out feeling like they're really good. Whoever loses it, all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot of doubt. So it is a big game. Uh, even aside from the fact that whenever the Ravens and Colts play because of history, there's always a little more there because of the whole Baltimore thing. Yeah, sure. No doubt about that. Both teams 5-2. and two. The Bears at 5-3 and three visit the Tennessee Titans at 5-2. and two. And, uh, you know, the, are the Titans for real, I guess, is the question here, Bucky. You know, you would like to say they are, but then when you take a deep dive at them, there are some questions that must be answered. Defensively, they struggled. They put a lot of money into Davian Clown, and he has given them nothing. They just cut Vic Beasley. And so a team that is lacking a pass rush got rid of a pass rusher, and they're not getting production from another one. And so what are they? What they are is a dynamic offensive team that can play smash mouth. They can control the clock, and that protects their defense. But I don't know if this Tennessee Titans team is an elite team because they have struggled throughout the year, even though their record suggested they're one of the better teams in the league. Well, they're facing the Bears and Nick Foles a couple of weeks out against the Rams. He threw a couple of picks in that game and still overall didn't look great. Uh, he was sacked four times last time out. He was sacked five times in the game. John, is uh, Nick Foles going to figure it out at some point this year in Chicago? Who knows? I, I, you know, <laughs> I have no idea how to assess Nick Foles. <laughs> I saw him three or four times here. If you base it off of that, you would never think he would be able to do anything. 
but he's got a history of coming through in the clutch and a winner. He's good when he's on a good team around him. Uh, so I, I, I fully expect the Bears to get in the playoffs. I expect Nick Foles to pull a game out of his rear end at some point. I'll have to answer questions about why the Jaguars cut him. He'll be a thorn in my side because that's always how it works out for me. It's always about me. It'll be bad for me somehow. You know, somehow, you know, one final thought on a game we just talked about. It's starting to look, Bucky, like the AFC, amazingly enough, in, in a two-week period, and maybe I'm short-term guy, it's gone from being really balanced to being, it's either Pittsburgh or Kansas City and everybody else. I'm not, you know, I would be stunned at this point if it's not Pittsburgh and Kansas City playing in the AFC Championship game because it just feels like everybody else is sort of showing flaws and those two teams aren't. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, you know, I, I believe those are the, have, the halves. They're the elite teams. It's Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Pittsburgh is elite because of their defense. Kansas City is elite because of their offense and the surprising contributions from their defense. Those are the two teams. Everyone else is fighting to find an identity and consistency. And so that is something that we have to monitor. But yeah, the AFC is... Can't see it in Pittsburgh, and everyone else is just fighting to kind of get into the mix. All right, there's our look around the AFC South and the AFC. Time now for Big Game Jaguar. Will we pick a Jaguar to have a big game in the coming game? In this coming game, the Jaguars face the Houston Texans in Week 9. Both teams are 1-6. The Jags have dropped six straight games, and they're trying to snap the skid this week at home. Uh, rain is in the forecast, as Jimmy Luck said a little bit earlier, the head equipment manager. So could be a little bit of a sloppy track on Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. Uh, Bucky, we'll start with you today. Who do you have for your big game Jaguar? Oh, this is easy, man. We're going with big game James. Big game James Robinson. He has to come up big because it's going to be on him. In the locker room back in Jacksonville, we used to talk about the player wearing the big sombrero. He has to wear the big sombrero this week because it's on him to determine whether we're able to win, particularly with a rookie quarterback making his first start. He has to have 150-plus scrimmage yards for the Jaguars to chalk up a W in the win column. James, I need you. I need a big game from James Robinson. Okay, James Robinson. John Osier, who you got? Well, I'm going to go a slightly different direction. Sort of playing into this, sort of not. I'm going DJ Chark Jr., uh, for a couple of reasons. I think he's ready. I think he'll be motivated. Obviously, they're always motivated. But, you know, he, he was really frustrated. And I think the big arm of Jake Luton will benefit DJ Chark more. I don't think they're going to be over-dependent on the run. I think they're going to let Jake Luton throw. Wouldn't surprise me if you saw play action on the first series, first couple of series, and let this kid throw the ball to DJ Chark. Chark would certainly be a benefit of that. Furthermore, to Bucky's point, I think you have to do that in this game to try to get the defense back. Everything's been bunched up for the Jags. We've seen that over the years. We saw it again with Minshew. Get the defense back a little bit. Make them think you're going to throw. Give Robinson a little more room. But I think all that ties in together. All right. You've got DJ Chark. I'm going to go kind of in between here on offense. Give me LaVisca Chenault Jr., I know he's been had, had a little hamstring thing lately, so they it feels like they haven't used him as much as they did early in the season. You know, he was getting direct snaps and running between the tackles and end arounds and, and all that kind of stuff. That kind of slowed down the last few weeks or so. But to the same idea, 
get him involved in the game plan, jet sweeps, that kind of thing. Uh, we, we call it eye candy, right, Bucky? You know, get the defense looking different ways. Maybe you can open up some things for Luton down the field. So give me LaVisca Chenault Jr. in this game. Uh, I think he's due for a big breakout game. Those are our big game Jaguars. The Jags are back home, guys. Final thoughts about this game. John, how you feeling? Well, and they're one and six, and the Texans, something you guys talked about earlier, the Texans are much better than one and six, meaning their schedule has been brutal. They, it's something like 29 and four, or 29 and seven is the record of the teams they've played. They've played Pittsburgh, they've played Kansas City, Green Bay. You know, and the Jaguars, if you guys know it or not, schedule hasn't been quite that difficult. They played a lot of one and 16th. You know, all those are reasons you don't love it. One thing that could factor in for the Jaguars positively, the Texans have game planned against this team in Minshew's last two starts, the last game last year, first game this year. They've known how to game plan very quickly, meaning back off of Minshew, make him play from the pocket, make him beat you. Hadn't been able to do that. There's no tape on Jake Luton. If Jake Luton can handle the pressure, if he's an NFL quarterback, which we don't know, that could work to the Jaguars' advantage. Not a lot to hang your hat on. You're one and six. I need something to hang my hat on, Bucky. I, I mean, I like it, John. I, I'm going to hang my hat on the fact that Jake Luton is going to make sure that this is a balanced offense. He's going to make it uh, a top priority to make sure that James Robinson gets 25 or more touches. If they get to 25 or more touches with James Robinson, it means that they are in control of the game. We have seen this team offensively move up and down the field at times, but it's been inconsistent. Maybe with a consistent running game and some selective play-action shots, we can see the Jaguars finally put some points on the board. And putting points on the board should get this defense going. I don't want to do it, but JP, I feel like it's time for another guarantee. I'm guarantee a dub. I'm guarantee a win this week. It's a win for the Jaguars this week. We get number two this week. Number two. You got to throw. You got to throw, <laughs> JP. You got to throw the ball. <laughs> John wants to throw it. Bucky's guaranteeing W's in the Jaguars. It might be a lock. I think he just locked the win this week. Uh, I like it, though. Uh, all right, Jags and the Texans coming up to game presented by CSX this Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. John, we'll talk to you a little bit later. And uh, Bucky, we'll talk to you on Sunday. All right, Bucky Brooks, John Ozier, our entire crew. I'm JP Shadrick. Thank you for watching today. We'll see you a little later in the week. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.